This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Hello and welcome to our second episode of Voice Hugs. This is your host, Vivian and Rowena. Hi friends! Welcome back. So today we want to talk about something that's very near and dear to our hearts. It's very personal to us. It's something that we experience on a weekly, if not daily, if not hourly basis. And that is insecurities. Yes. So insecurities comes in all shapes and sizes. Sometimes they're external, sometimes they're internal and just we want to keep it hidden from the world or we want to hide it from ourselves because we're like, you're better than that, but you don't want to admit it to yourself. So I guess we can just dive straight into it. Viv, is there is there anything you've been insecure about lately? I think one of my insecurities that I am managing and overcoming right now (laughs) is recording this podcast. And I think the idea of sharing your story or your personal experience, it's already scary to do that with people in real life, but to have a mic in front of you and have it recorded and put online, I think that brings in judgment. And that's always something that is scary. Why do I feel insecure about it? I can share. So similarly, I think even though, you know, like these are kind of different, it's also kind of similar with putting yourself out there. I feel like for me recently, it's about trying a different format on YouTube or trying to do something that I'm not quote unquote known to do and having the views not you know, yes, engaging or as high as they usually are if I were to put out something that's self-care or productivity related and learning to be okay with that. Even though like the starting point is different, the the feelings behind it, it's putting yourself out there with the fear and with the, just knowing that you're putting your heart and soul out there and people may judge you, but like, it's okay. 
But if we want to go deeper on the fears part, because I feel like for both of us, you know, we both have Aries, we are both perfectionists, we both want things to done a certain way, and we both demand perfection of ourselves. If we want to unpack that, where do you think this current insecurities is stemming from? Well, I think a common thing that we both just shared is this fear of the external judgment, right? So it's almost maybe, maybe another way of saying that is external validation. The external validation will make us feel better or accepted or what we're doing is good or right. And putting that into someone else's hand then becomes scary. Yes. Very scary. But it shouldn't be that way. Mm-mm. No. You're insecure because you're thinking about what other people are going to think of you, what society is going to think of you, how you're going to be judged, accepted or not. And at the end of the day, that security has to come from within. Hmm. Yeah. And I think we're talking about this before we hit record of how insecurities has a bunch of different faces. Sometimes it can come up as jealousy. Sometimes it can come up as being competitive or judgment or like so many things can stem from this, even anxiety, depression. I think those are like byproducts of worrying too much about what other people think, about what you think of yourself. Even being paralyzed and not doing anything at all because of fear of failure can be a byproduct Hmm. of insecurities. That hits deep in my color. The failure, the potential of failure leading to not starting and not doing anything. Yeah. So what do insecurities look like in your life now? You've been putting yourself on the internet for a long time, right? And how did... Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. So (laughs) Rowena has been on the internet for five years now. Yes, correct. Almost five, right? Or is it five? Five Five. to six? Going to six? Going to six. Going on to six years. And so that must have been a very scary process for you as well, right? You didn't start off with as many subscribers and views and you started from scratch. So starting off your journey, putting yourself out on the internet, on YouTube, Mm -hmm. Were you insecure? What were you insecure about? And how did you overcome those insecurities in the beginning? The short answer is I've always been insecure and I still am insecure. And the only reason why I was able to put myself out there was that I had a greater purpose for why I wanted to create, for who I wanted to create for. I wanted to create content you know, just to to make the world a little lighter, to make it a little brighter. And because that was so prominent, it helped dim all the insecurities that I had. But that doesn't mean I didn't have any insecurities. And insecurities, as with any thing in our lives that we're trying to overcome or let go of, I think it really is like an onion, where at the very core, it's like the core, it's like the root of the issue. And you spend your whole life trying to go from the outer layers to the inner layers. But until you dig it out from the inner layers, it's always going to be there. So I think over the years, I've definitely shed many, many layers for me to get to where I am today. But the very 
the very truth is that the root is still very much there. This desire to please people, this desire to be accepted, to be loved, to you know say the right thing, to do the right thing because I don't want to disappoint people because if I disappoint people, then that means I'm not lovable. It's been a very interesting journey of putting myself out there. It's also been very rewarding because as you put yourself out there, as you're getting feedback, whether it's positive or negative, it inevitably shapes you into a stronger person. But at the same time, if you fall into the category of you just keep creating things that you know is safe and you know that people want, that also kind of changes your it's like you lose the essence of who you are and you're dimmed a little because you're not being true to who you are. And I think that is the balance that I'm trying to strike these days, or that's the thing that I'm struggling with these days is I want to create things that I care about. And sometimes it may not be the most PC thing or like it may not be you know, like the mainstream narrative, or it's just questioning, like having questions, thinking out loud, being curious. I feel like sometimes that is not okay to do, but I'm just a generally like very curious person. So just navigating all of that. I'm sweating right now. I think it's hot, but it's also like I'm pouring my heart out. <laughs> no, I thank you so much. <laughs> you good? I'm good. No, thanks for sharing. I I think what it sounds like is you have insecurities, but when you're grounded in this idea of whatever that is that is true to you. So in the beginning of your journey, it was knowing what your purpose was and what kind of content you wanted to create, holding on to that, and then dealing with the insecurities that came with it. You still stay true to the purpose of the videos, you know, what you wanted to produce and put out there. And as you progress and as you go on in your career, you change. And so your content, is, you also want to change your content, right? Because you're a growing, changing person. And so you want to explore and be curious. And that brings another type of insecurity then where you have to deal with, okay, this is how people now know me. All of these years creating content the way that you have been, it's scary to then change it up. How will my audience now receive me? And that is very scary, right? Because you are putting your heart and soul out there in all that you do. So I can definitely understand that. And I'm sure a lot of people can understand that even if their jobs might not look like yours, it comes in a very similar scenario. Yeah. And I feel like the rise of cancel culture and all that, it's just, it makes you hyper aware of every little thing you do and say, that kind of adds to the whole thing, especially if you're someone who doesn't want to disappoint people. Right. So you're scared that, oh, I might say something wrong. I might say something that people aren't going to like, and they might think I'm X, Y, and Z. So might as well just not say anything or might as well just like stop posting on Instagram or like things like that. Yeah. When in reality, it should just be staying true to who you are and knowing that the people who understand you will understand you. And then there's always going to be people out there in the internet or in the interwebs or just out there in the world who are going to misunderstand something that you say. But knowing that, I think this is something my dad taught me ever since I was young, is that you can't please every single person in this world and that it's okay. And like, it's something that my dad repeated to me many, many times since I was little. 
And to now think back, it's like, oh, he probably saw something in me. So it's probably a personality trait that I've had since I was really young. Yeah, I had so many thoughts as you were sharing, and now they're all jumbled in my <laughs> head. The whole idea of cancel culture, I hate it because that's just not how I want to live like my personal life. I think people make mistakes. And at least for me, I deal with this struggle when it comes to thinking about my past and mistakes that I've made in my past. And I judge myself for those mistakes. And I'm almost unforgiving to myself for some of those things. And in a way, I know that's not quote cancel culture, but I'm kind of canceling myself, right? And as I try to overcome the shame that I might have built up over the years, it's it always goes back to being compassionate to my younger self and realizing, okay, maybe she didn't have the tools, resources, the mindset habits, the support systems that she needed in order to not make those mistakes. And I think as I go through each year trying to be more compassionate and kind to myself, I then realize outwardly to other people that they're probably going through <laughs> the same thing, whether they are aware of it or not. So it, for me personally, I try very hard not to judge other people. I do think that when I do end up judging, it's a reflection of myself, yes. not them. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if this helps, but <laughs> a reminder that let's just say worst case scenario, even if you are quote canceled, the people who know you, who you've invested time and have a relationship with, that's not going to be the case. And even if those people cancel you, relationships change. You know, you change, relationships change. Sometimes that just means a falling out of a friendship. And sometimes that means a new hump that you both will overcome together and it'll make the friendship, relationship, community stronger. Yeah. Thanks, Vith. Yeah. I you're appreciate doing, you. You're doing great. Thank you. It's it's how we it's what we say after every little pep talk we give each other. You're doing great. Thank you. To be fair, I feel like there's very specific things one should be canceled for, but I think everyone kind of knows what those things are. We don't need to get into it. Right. But I agree. I think that can be <laughs> that can be a whole episode on itself to bring it back to insecurities a bit more now that I've shared my side of the gamut of things that run through my head and how I choose to show up to this world. Like, where do you think your insecurities are rooted in? For myself, and this is my own personal theory of why I am so insecure about so many things in my life. I definitely think that I grew up in an environment where my parents were more critical and they weren't the type of parents to acknowledge you for your accomplishments or your small wins, but they're very quick to be, to say, don't do that. Don't, don't touch that. Don't stand like that. Don't talk that way. Mm -hmm. And I think as a young child, when you're constantly listening to all the things you shouldn't do, I kind of grew up approaching life that way. These are things I shouldn't do. And then I end up not knowing what I want or what I you know, who I really am. I'm just being molded into this person that I thought I was supposed to be. I feel like some of my insecurities on body image, right, were shaped by aunts, mom, 
grandma. Yes. Community, right? And now social media. Instagram. Instagram, right? Versus if I grew up in an if we grew up in an environment where your parents are constantly telling you how enough you are, how beautiful you are, then you might not grow up with that comparison mindset. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you grew up with your parents comparing you to your cousins or, oh my gosh, look at what this this person's daughter is doing or mm-hmm. achieving or what school they're going to, even if they don't mean to compare you or hurt you, you end up hearing that narrative that way. I agree. And I would say an interesting thing is, although my parents were two of the most loving people who told me I was enough since I was zero years old, like when I was in her belly and probably when I was somewhere in the sky about to choose my parents as my parents, (laughs) it's still there. This is just fascinating because it can come from anywhere, right? I think it really is nature and nurture where sometimes as you grow up, these are things that you go through and this is therefore you're who you are. But I also feel like it can be your experiences, what you're exposed to, the demands and the standard you hold yourself to. Because I feel like, ah, I don't know where this comes from, but I just, I demand perfection for myself. And whether that's how I look, whether that's how I speak, whether that's how cool I want to appear for most of my life, where does that come from? I don't know. Like if I really want to trace it back, it could be I moved around a lot, but then I always made friends quickly. I just, okay. I I know what it is. I actually pinpointed it. Okay. I know what it is. She knows what it is. I know what it is. It's because I'm very hyper aware of my surroundings. Mm. I'm hyper aware and hyper observant of people. And I'll look and I'll be like, ooh, I wouldn't say that. Or Ooh, I wouldn't wear that. Or like, ooh, I wouldn't do that. So I think through all of these little judgments and little calculations that I'm making, I'm using all of this to create this quote unquote perfect version of myself of, you know, these are all things that I don't want to do. So here's who I'm going to be. And if I can be this person, then I can be happy because people will love me and people will accept me. But in reality, it doesn't work that way. And I think like on the other side, it's not even that it doesn't work that way is that people who love you will love you despite of your flaws, you know, and despite of all these judgments that you have of yourself. So I think as we already shared, it is the projection of judgment and Mm -hmm. of your own insecurities onto other people. And then for my case, it's reflecting back to me. It's kind of like I'm computing. It's like I'm setting out feelers and they're coming back. Oh my god. Are you sweating? No, I'm just oh. my mind is my mind is blown. Oh. I'm like, are you okay over there? I'm fine. I'm just thinking really hard. Rowena's glowing in the corner. I'm I'm glistening. It's so sweaty. All the insecurities are just drifting out. She's they making them are. all go away. Yes, from every crevice. Detox. Uh, who needs detox teas when you can just talk about insecurities and sweat from every <laughs> single pore? So as you were sharing that, how you would, you're very observant and you would look at all these traits that you didn't want to be, or maybe traits that you wanted to be. I feel similar, except for me, it has always been about fitting in. Mm. And that was always like the root of who I felt like I should be. So if I was in an environment where everyone was very studious, for example, then I would try to be more studious. If I was in an environment where people would party more or drink, I will then find myself partying and drinking more. And 
at the end of the day, I end up feeling very tired because all I'm trying to do is fit in and I don't know how to say no, or I don't know how to say, no, this is actually what I want. And maybe it, it that goes into lack of boundaries, but the idea of fitting in to feel loved or accepted is not a good place to be because mm-hmm. then you're just not happy with how you're choosing to live your life, right? If you want to wear something, you should wear it. You shouldn't. Okay. Here's an example. <laughs> so I am in New York City right now and I love it here because people wear whatever they want to wear. I mean, ever they want to wear. I, this week, as I was stepping outside, walking around in the city, I was showing my cousin my outfits every day and I told her I would never wear this in LA. And her response was, why not? Hmm. And I thought about that in New York. It felt like because I was in a different city, I don't know anyone. I, it was just so. What you're saying about your YouTube channel this is so funny because her example is actually like her career versus mine is my outfit of the day. But it's where you- but they're all valid. They're all valid. <laughs> let's, let's bring this back. So you've been creating the same content for years. I've been wearing the same outfit for years and I want to change it up. And it feels weird to then all of a sudden show up in your group of friends wearing something very different than you usually do. You're all of a sudden afraid that what if they're going to judge me for what I'm wearing, right? Mm -hmm. But the truth is, if you feel secure and grounded in that idea and that desire and that want, those insecurities would just not exist. If all of a sudden I saw something really cool and I'm like, I'm going to rock this today, it doesn't matter then what anyone else thinks. You rock it, girl. Yeah, you make that content, girl. Oh, (laughs) This is like friend therapy. I was just going to say, I feel like the reason why this happens is because as humans, we crave consistency within our own lives in some way, shape, or form. So it's same with friend groups and like the friend dynamics that you've built. You expect your friend to be this way. Therefore, when they're not, you're like, ooh, they've changed. or like, ooh, something's off, right? But that's also comes with like maybe you're not as open-minded or you may not be as flexible mentally as you think you are. But anyway, that's kind of generally what happens. That's why sometimes friends distance themselves from you or they feel like, oh, you've changed and like, therefore we can't be friends and things like that. But I think it's the same thing, right? With like the content that I'm creating with you wearing clothes is we just, we've, we've been this person. We've done this thing. We've worn these types of clothes. And now we want to do something different. But we're scared because, I don't know. I think change is scary. And people like what's familiar and what feels safe. And your mind has just... It's like that groove, that pattern has already been grooved oh, deep in your neural pathways, those darn neural pathways. <laughs> yeah, they're already ingrained. And so once you want to change it, it just feels a little bit scary. But that's okay because there are things that you can do to because this is all in our heads. No one else is it really is. <laughs> no one else is thinking about this but ourselves, right? And I think that's the very empowering part of insecurities is that your insecurities stem from your own judgment within you, mm-hmm. which means that you can also change that perspective mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. change the narrative, whatever that narrative is in your mind. So for your clothes narrative. Oh God, I don't want to talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, for for any narrative, what are some ways that you're able to A, first identify 
the narrative? And then B, how do you go about trying to change the narrative? And how do you go about changing it? Mm. So mm. A, <laughs> every time you ask a question, mm. yes. good question, good question. <laughs> how do I identify the narrative? So for example, I have a lot of freckles. You do too as well. I have a lot of freckles. My freckle twin. So growing up in a Chinese-American household, the actual translation of freckle in Chinese is fly shit. What is it? So in the dialect of Chinese that I speak, um, it's actually translated to fly poop. So it's like fly poops on your face. Yeah. So I grew up not liking my freckles. I think I actually, when I was young, they tried to remove some of my moles. Oh. Yeah, I know. It didn't work. I still have them. But that was something that I felt insecure about because you know, you wanted a clean face without blemishes or freckles. And I just couldn't help it. The freckles just come every year. Keep coming back. More and more. Yep. All of a sudden, back in 2017, 2018, there was a freckle trend. There was a freckle trend. on Oh, freckles. (laughs) There was a freckle trend on social media and girls were drawing freckles on their faces, drawing beauty marks on, quote, beauty marks on their faces. <laughs> there are actual temporary tattoos that you can now put on your face, like freckles. And that really helped me realize. So one, identifying the narrative, right? Whose narrative was that? That was, you know, my aunts, my relatives, whatever. That narrative came from them. It didn't come from me. And then now this all of a sudden on trend freckle, this is a different narrative and it's coming from a new Source, source, external source. Yeah, it's coming from social media or trend or like an era in time where this is now in and accepted. And so when I started to realize that, okay, this is just other people making judgments on what's in, what's out, what's good, what's not, what's pretty, what's ugly, then I started to think, okay, well, I need to control the narrative. Mm -hmm. How about yourself? Identifying the narrative and how to overcome it. I think one of the main struggles that I had growing up, and it was especially in my face for most of high school and college, is my weight. And I think this is probably universal across, I think if you're a girl. Yeah, especially for women. Even if you're a dude, right? I feel like even guys these days, there are statistics saying how guys are more likely to have eating disorders than they were you know, a few decades ago. So I feel like across the board, because of social media, we're all becoming so much more aware of our body, how we look, how we show up in this world, how we don't look like IG models and how we want to look like them and how we don't want to diet, but we still want to eat, but we still want to be thin, but we still want to any, anyway, there's like, it's just so many things to think about that. I think when I became very brutally honest with myself with why I wanted to work out, why I wanted to eat clean and eat healthy and why you know, I cared about these things so much, which was all rooted in I wanted to be thin. It kind of made me realize, oh, well, it's actually not that important to me. Like if I really took a step back and think about the values that I hold near and dear to my heart and the person that I want to be and the life that I want to live, being thin is not one of them. And I think once I 
took the time and gave myself the space to ask myself what was important to me, it became a lot easier to wrap my head around that. Oh, okay. So I did most of these things because I wanted to be thin. That is not something that I want to live my life serving or chasing. So how do I unpack this about myself? Because there's probably insecurities, judgment for myself, demanding perfection, all of that. How do I unpack that? And how do I gracefully move forward? So another thing Viv and I were sharing with each other before we hit record, this is something that I don't think many people are going to admit, but I'm just going to go out and say there, I'm not proud of it, but these are thoughts. These are very front of mind thoughts that I would have when I was in college because my weight will fluctuate week to week, month to month. Like I'll gain 10 pounds, lose 10 pounds, gain 10 pounds, lose 10 pounds. Um, I would actually like inside, like the depths of my core. It's not outside, not not the surface Rowena, like the depths of my soul. I would be happy if my girlfriends gained weight. Saying this out loud, I just, ooh, like I'm like, row, what? But that, like if I'm being honest, and I think this is the brutally honest aspect, is like, yes, like I wasn't the best person or like I'm I'm not proud of these thoughts, but it is me. And now that I've, try to work on this aspect of my life and come to where I am. It's like, I can reflect on it to be like, okay, these weren't the best thoughts, but like, it's okay. We all need to go through our own, our, our own journeys to arrive at where we are today. But yeah, I think, again, having those thoughts is more a reflection of my insecurities with myself and my judgment of myself about how my weight fluctuates. So when I see that in other people, it became jealousy. It became you know, competitiveness, it became they're better than me because they're thinner than me. When in reality is like, they're your best friends. Just love them for who they are because they love you for who you are. I definitely felt the same. And <laughs> I I had the same thoughts about my friends. And I think it's exactly what you said. It is just a reflection of our own insecurities. You might not be fully aware of it, and then it comes out in jealousy, in competitiveness. The moment you start putting someone else down so that you can feel better, that becomes a dangerous place to be because now you're dependent on being on top of someone else, which means you'll also see the world through the lens of other people being on top of you instead of seeing everyone being on an equal plane and mm. we all are you know we're all on different layers of our onions yeah. trying to shed the layers i think if you are true to yourself and you do feel that competitive nature which i struggle with all the time you know i always compare myself especially with social media, life progression, right? You see people getting promoted, you see engagements, babies, and then you look at your life and you're like, what am I doing? What, what did I do today? I, I laid in bed and ate pizza. And then you start questioning like, oh, I'm not doing enough or I'm not far enough in my relationship or X, Y, Z. And that's where it gets messy, Because then you're depending on someone else to validate you, someone else's failure or someone else's, you know, whatever that is. And it's not even failure. It's your projection of failure onto them to make you feel better. And that's not going to solve your insecurities. What you said about if you compare yourself to people and you depend on other people's failure or shortcomings to validate your 
success or your superiority in any shape or form, wow. Yeah. It's because you feel so bad about yourself that you're holding on to any glimpse of hope of you potentially being better than, you know, of all people, like your closest girlfriends. Man, this is fascinating. Humans, us humans, we're just, (laughs) we're so funny. (laughs) There are all these defense mechanisms, I think. Yeah. At the end of the day, you don't want to feel pain, right? And mm-hmm. insecurities are painful to feel because you feel small. You feel less than. It, you feel unaccepted or unloved, not good enough. And you don't want to feel those things. So then you project it out to your external world and you see your life through those lens instead of the reality. It's that that narrative that you're now telling yourself. And it's not true, <laughs> It's not true. It's not true. I was thinking about this throughout this whole conversation. I was like, okay, so the example that you gave earlier of you look on social media and you see all of these things and it makes you feel a certain type of way. That's definitely happened to me. And as you were saying that, I was thinking of when I view social media now, what is that experience like? I've gone to a place where I can see my friend's success and be happy for them instead of being envious or jealous or any of those things. And I think that took a really long time. It was actually something that I realized very recently of, oh, wow. So this is what it feels like to genuinely be happy for your friend instead of when something good happens to them, you're like, okay, well, you know, whatever, like, cool. And to go off on a little tangent, another thing I realized was it's a very bad thing that I did and it's a very bad habit. I'd say I call it a habit because I did it so much is whenever someone would say something good about someone that wasn't there, I'd be like, oh yeah, well, here's like one of their flaws. I never really knew why I did that. I could trace it back to my Asian parents, Asian aunties being very direct. And that may have instilled something in me. But I also think it's everything we've talked about of insecurities, wanting to put other people down so you can feel like you're somewhat better, even if just in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I think to wrap all of that up in a nice little present of a takeaway, it's mostly getting to know yourself, knowing who you are, the things you value, and that you're exactly where you should be, where you are. A huge, huge factor that helped me was faith in the universe, in God, in the creator, in you know whichever you'd like to believe in. Having faith that someone out there has your best interests at heart and that they've laid out your path exactly the way you've been living it And that the best that you can do is try to be your best in every single moment of your life. Like having faith in that plan, this like divine plan is what has helped me live lighter, breathe a little, and not be as, yeah, as I was, I guess. I love that. And I think that's really admirable to be able to look at your old habits, right? And a lot of it could have been learned behavior, like you said, and face 
things that you probably felt were ugly about yourself. It is very admirable to be able to look at those thoughts and feel a little cringe about it. Like I definitely cringe at myself all the time, but then to then let it go because you have to forgive yourself to move on and trusting that everything that happens in your life, whatever experience that you had to deal with or do, that was part of the plan for something better. And I think as you get older, every day is just try to be a better person, (laughs) you know, like today is a new day. You could just try harder today. You might not be proud of something you did yesterday. It's not even talking about 10 years from now. could have been something you said yesterday to a stranger on the street. And you're like, okay, why did I do that? Let's rewind and reflect and try to be better tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. Question back to you. How I have overcome my own insecurities. Well, there are a lot. Mm -hmm. There are different types of of insecurities too for myself. So I think more recently when it comes to physical image, I've been kinder to myself and appreciating my body for what it is. Like it's healthy, it's working, it's functioning. Someone today told me, I was mentioning to her that I had gained 10 pounds this year and I was feeling insecure about it. And she was like, hey, like, your body is holding on to very precious organs inside, you know, and it's okay to have a little bit of cushion. Yeah. I thought it was really nice to view it that way instead of feeling like, oh my God, I see, you know, something different than I saw last year. So it's changing that perspective and appreciating what you have right now. I think there are also other insecurities where you can utilize your strengths. So, for example, my job requires, or pre-pandemic, my job required a lot of public speaking. So I would go in front of a classroom of 30 people, anywhere from five to 20 years older than myself. Mm -hmm. They're all supervisors or leaders in the organization. And I would have to stand up there and teach them about supervisories. I would have to teach them how to be leaders. And I felt very, very insecure about that. My first year of work. I was very stressed. I felt not good enough. I realized that, well, my strengths are researching, practicing, rehearsing, and that is exactly what I did. So I made sure that I internalized the information and I retold the story in my head. You don't have to have that experience to know the topic very well and to be able to facilitate and get buy-in, right? That's a very different concept. Another thing that I found was very helpful in letting go of those insecurities. There's this TED Talk video about the power pose. That totally works. So every day before my training, I would stand up very straight. I would come into work with high heels on because Mm -hmm. heels just for some reason made me feel extra confident. And I would just put on a show. It was not good in the beginning, but every time you practice over and over again, it just gets better and better. And each small win helps you build that confidence and it helps you overcome that insecurity. So I don't, does that help? I feel like yeah, that. Absolutely. Yes. You can be insecure about a lot of things. It doesn't have to be, you know, just about fitting in. It could just be public speaking or showing up at work a certain way. And I think when you, Look at yourself and what your strengths are. Utilize it. Think about 
what you're good at because doing more of what you're good at will build confidence. And that's something that you can hold on to, just like you can hold on to the purpose of why you create the content that you want to create. You need something within yourself that you feel very grounded in to overcome all the other noise that society honestly puts on you. Love it. Facilitator Viv coming in hot. (laughs) Always in heels. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I I think also when it comes to taking in what other people are going to say or judge you for, who's saying those things? Do you know them? Do they know you? Do they know your full story? Does their comment or opinion count? Ooh, I have a quote. (laughs) Tell us. So Rowena and I read a book together recently, (laughs) Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. And there's a quote that stuck out to me. When we stop caring about what people think, we lose our capacity for connection. When we become defined by what people think, we lose our willingness to be vulnerable. If we dismiss all the criticism, we lose out on important feedback. But if we subject ourselves to the hatefulness, our spirits get crushed. It's a tight rope. Shame resilience is the balance bar. And the safety net below is the one or two people in our lives who can help us reality check the criticism and cynicism. And I think that quote does such a good job of illustrating the idea that we still need connection. We still, we can't just dismiss and avoid all comments and not care about what anyone thinks. There's an art in balancing all of that mm-hmm. and refining the narrative in your head and trusting the few people who will have your back and who will tell you the truth. This is what I'm reminding myself right now, you know, doing the podcast as hard as that might be in the beginning, mm-hmm. it's okay because you have to feel grounded in yourself and know that the people who have your back will be there. Those are the yeah. comments that matter. I agree. <laughs> Support systems and friends are so important because I think another thing that we've been unpacked in the previous episode was that I was so guarded with my just everything. I didn't want anyone, not even my closest friends, to know what was going on inside, that I wasn't okay, that I was like so, 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 so sad. But I realized over time, the more you open up to people, the more you realize, even if it's just, oh, Viv also fear, feels insecure about this. And oh, my my best girlfriends also feel this way about body image and you know everything like that. Like it just demystifies it significantly where you realize, oh, I'm human. Oh, it's like a human experience and everyone's more or less going through similar things and it's a very common feeling to feel. It's actually not that bad. Yeah. Me feeling the feels, it's totally fine. It's valid and everyone kind of goes through it. Yeah. I think through sharing our insecurities today and our experiences with it, it was it was interesting for me to see how many similarities, even though the context and the content <laughs> were very different, the feelings are the same. And I think that just goes to show to your point that we are all human. We are all experiencing the same things. And they're probably just defense mechanisms that we've built over time to protect ourselves from 
feeling hurt or pain or whatever we don't want to face inside. So hopefully through sharing our stories and having this conversation, we hope that this helps you face your insecurities (laughs) and understand that it's okay. It's okay. (laughs) It's all good. We all good. And if you guys have any topic suggestions or questions that you have or you want us to answer, feel free to send it to hello at voicehugspodcast.com or DM us on Instagrammy at Voice Hugs Podcast. Yay! See you guys in the next episode! Voice Hugs! Voice Hugs! <laughs>